welcome back listeners to the new episode of talking climate change with yashnegi in this episode we will talk about polar regions and stay tuned arctic part 2 is coming soon uh, by uh, by coming soon i mean that it will be coming after one or two days so stay tuned to my channel in this episode we will talk about polar regions so let's get started the arctic is defined as the area within the arctic circle it covers the arctic ocean and the island and northern continental land areas thus it extends far enough south to include parts of the boreal forest and discontinuous permafrost zone note that the article thus defined overlaps with other regions covered in this report namely north america asia and europe and that important physical and biological process that are typically of the arctic also occur south of the arctic circle the antarctic is defined here as the antarctic continent together with the surrounding southern ocean south of the antarctic convergence uh, which is polar front and oceanographic barrier that shifts with time and longitude but generally is close to 50 degrees south also included in the polar regions are sub antarctic islands such as campbell island heard island and south georgia some of which are north of the antarctic convergence the two polar regions are dominated by cold conditions and the presence of ice snow and water they are different in that arctic is a frozen ocean surrounded by continental land masses and open ocean whereas antarctica is frozen continent surrounded solely by oceans antarctica tends to be thermally isolated from the rest of the planet by the surrounding southern ocean and the atmospheric polar vortex whereas the arctic is influenced strongly by seasonal atmospheric transport and river flows from surrounding continents both regions have major influences on the global ocean the arctic and the antarctic influence climate over a significant part of the globe many unique climate processes operate in these regions some involve complex interactions and feedback loops that may lead ultimately to a glacier interglacier climate transitions processes in polar regions greatly influence sea level the arctic and antarctic have food webs and natural ecosystems with remarkable productivity the arctic is on the periphery of human settlement where people must adapt to harsh cold regimes the antarctic is un you know uh, uninhabited part from research research bases let us talk about distinctive characteristics of polar regions the most distinctive feature of polar regions is the large seasonal variation in incoming solar radiation from very little in winter to 24 hours of continuous sunlight in summer yes you heard it right 24 hours of continuous sunlight in summer although the poles receive less solar radiation annually than equatorial location near the time of the solstices they receive more per day the high albedo of the snow and ice covered polar regions together with the large loss of long wave radiation through the very clear and dry atmosphere ensures a net loss of radiation in most months of the year these losses of radiation are particularly large during the long polar night and help create a deep stable boundary layer of very cold dry air at the surface these processes ensure sustained very low temperatures in winter even in the summer many areas especially in the antarctic remain below freezing thus much water remains frozen throughout the year in antarctica snow and ice have continued to accumulate on the continent for millions for years on the other hand 
there are large volumes of liquid water in polar regions in the Arctic and southern oceans although their surface is partially covered with sea ice whose extent varies seasonally over vast areas. Sea ice insulates the underlying water from heat loss and because of its high albedo reflects much of the incoming solar radiation. Formation of sea ice has important oceanographic consequences in that much latent heat is released and highly saline dense water is created. The, den the dense water sinks in the North Atlantic and the Southern Oceans helping maintain the ocean conveyor belt and carrying nutrients and carbon. Production of deep ocean water is a consequence of process that are operating in both polar regions. There is little evaporation from the, uh, from the vast tracts of sea ice and glacier ice. Extensive areas of the polar regions have very low precipitation. Most comes from cyclonic storms that penetrate from the surrounding belt of subpolar depressions. The polar regions incorporate important environmental thresholds, many of which are associated with water phase changes together with the large seasonal changes in solar radiation. Polar regions stimulate important geophysical and biological processes with, with higher sensitivity to impacts. Sustained warming or cooling across the freezing threshold brings dramatic physical changes over land and sea. As a result, the physical environment biota and socio-economic factors are all vulnerable to climate change. The climate and vast areas of ice make the polar regions very inhospitable and marginal for many species including human however specially adapted uh, however specially adapted species thrive in some terrestrial and marine ecosystem consequently the arctic and antarctica are characterized by the presence of highly distinctive biomes and are important places for many migratory species although the antarctic continent is essentially is a pristine wilderness the great whales and some species of seals in the southern ocean were commercially exploited to virtual commercial extension in the 19th and the 20th centuries. Human activities on many sub-Antarctic islands have altered their biota dramatically. The Antarctica has limited resource use apart from growing fishing and tourism industries. There is a multinational approach to natural resources and environmental management with mineral exploration and exploitation banned by international agreement. The area is managed by the consultative parties to the Antarctic Treaty to the Dedication of Science and Peace UNEP. By contrast, the Arctic has been populated for thousands of years. There is considerable economic activity based on fishing, herding and shipping. Recent decades have seen the establishment of urban areas and resource developments based on the petroleum, gas and mining industries. The extreme environment requires unique cold region engineering and infrastructure solutions. There is a distinct contrast and sometimes called conflict between the developments of modern society and indigenous peoples. The Arctic lies within the political boundaries of some of the world's richest and most powerful nations. During the Cold War, it was a critical strategic area and substantial defense establishment remain in the region climate change in the 20th century. There has been substantial climate change during the past two millions years in the Arctic and the Antarctic. These changes are well documented in several natural archives such as ice cores and marine sediments. The quasi-periodic sequence of glacier interglacier periods and corresponding changes in greenhouse gases is shown directly in the record of atmospheric composition and climate derived from the ice cores for the past 420,000 years. 
longer term climate changes are not discussed in this podcast which focuses on observed 20th century changes as well as those predicted for the 21st century let me tell you more about the climate in the polar regions the main features of the polar climate are the severity of the cold and the length of the winter there are two basic seasons seasons a long and a freezing winter and the three months of a chilly summer depending on the latitude the sun can shine for almost three months continuously whereas in in winter it is dark for three months amazing <laughs> there is usually a wind blowing in the polar regions catab catabolic winds can reach record speeds and dramatically intensify how good it feels by increasing the wind chill factor uh the wind the fastest wind ever recorded in antarctica was 320 km per hour in polar region most of the precipitation falls on the coast there is very little precipitation on the center of the polar ice sheets and the precipitation that does fall is mainly in the form of ice particles which glisten in the sun there is virtually no water vapor present in the arctic you can't really talk about a single arctic climate in fact there are a number of different climate depending on the latitude and altitude and distance from the coast or whether there are marine currents in the vicinity let's take an example the average temperature in the middle of winter is minus 30 degrees celsius on the greenland ice sheet okay whereas in the neighboring coastal area at the same time of the year the average temperature is usually minus 70 degrees celsius this wide variation in temperature is caused by relatively warm ocean currents this means that although it is very cold the climate in the arctic is less harsh than in the antarctic as a result of the warmth carried there by currents in the ocean and atmosphere in the antarctic the antarctic is a very dry continent in the heart of the ice sheet there is only 2 to 5 cm precipitation per year in the form of snow which is less than the sahara almost every part of the continent has an average uh, annual temperature you know lower than minus 25 degrees celsius the lowest temperature ever, ever recorded was minus 89.2 degrees celsius and you can guess it and i know you guess it right it, it is it was in russia vostok base on 21st july 1983 temperatures are a little milder of the coast and on the antarctic peninsula than they are inland the climate on the sub antarctic island is warmer still thanks to the marine currents in fact the average annual temperature barely makes it above freezing let us talk about flora and fauna in the polar regions all of the animals and plants that live in the polar regions have had to adopt the extreme conditions that prevailed there very low temperatures strong winds poor soil that is often frozen solid and long nights in the winter alternating with long days in summer this means that any plants that exist in these regions are small and grow in clumps to protect themselves from the cold they tend to be covered in protective down or grow horizontally rather than vertically to keep out of the wind this is the case with the arctic willow which does not grow higher than 25 cm and has branches that creep along the ground and some that are even grow underground polar animals are covered with fur thick plumage or substantial layer of fat or blubber to insulate themselves from the cold they have small ears and tails so that they 
that any loss of the body heat is kept to a minimum while some species may live at both poles that is uh, example like seal killer whale and sperm whale many only live only in either the arctic or the antarctic so a peng penguin which is often seen as the mascot of the antarctic will never meet a polar bear which lives and hunts on the arctic ice floes isn't it amazing guys <laughs> just one species of bird like arctic tern travels from one polar to the other each year let us talk about flora and fauna in the arctic there are no plants at all on the sea ice but there are several hundred species of plants on land in the arctic the isothermal limit that defines the arctic is more or less where taiga which is a boreal forest of the high northern latitude ends and tundra begins this is what is known as a tree line going from south to north the trees of the taiga taiga gradually gave way to tundra a steep like region having very little and very short vegetation consisting of a few trees growing off ground level ground level uh, herbaceous plant moss and lichen the tundra as well as the part of the taiga is where you find permafrost which exists in this in these extremely cold areas where the ground is usually frozen solid of a certain depth only the top 0.5 to 1.0 meters of the permafrost thaws during the summer transforming the landscape into a vast partially melted uh, boggy area where plants are able to grow in just a few weeks let us talk about flora and fauna in the antarctic the interior of the frozen continent has virtually no life at all the largest land animal found in the interior is the wingless midge which is no more than 12 mm in length as far as flora is concerned there are just two flowering plants on the antarctic peninsula where the climate is less harsh plus mosses and lichen that grow on rocks this lack of plant life can be explained by severity of the climate as well as a tiny surface area of the continent where there is no ice less than 2% of the landmass antarctic life is con- uh, concentrated in the coastal regions and sub antarctic island in fact flora and fauna in antarctica are mainly found in marine environment the cold waters are rich in nutrients carried from the great depths up towards the surface by powerful upwelling currents these nutrients enable a large quantity of seaweed to develop which in turn allows the zooplankton to multiply there is far more krill in the antarctic than in the arctic they sometimes drift along in the gigantic swamps covering several thousand kilometers square with billions of them serving as the food for the rest of the marine fauna the surface water are dominated by penguins albatross petals seals and whales the marine biomass of the southern ocean is huge although less than the arctic ocean but generally speaking it is not very diverse there are fewer than 300 species of fish 43 types of birds nest to south of the antarctic convergence including seven species of penguin four types of seals are found on the coast of the mainland and the peninsula however while it is true to say that they are not all that many different species the population of one particular species can run into the millions now let us talk about the next topic which is polar legislation 
management and conservation all of these threats ozone layer climate warming industrial pollution etc mean that generally global solutions are required if we are to protect the remote areas of our planet that are being endangered by harmful human activities in all parts of the globe this protective action includes agreements such as the international treaties signed in 1985 and 1987 to halt the production of the various gases that harm the ozone layer these measures have been successful because recent analysis demonstrate that there is a clear cut correlation between efforts to reduce harmful emissions and a particular reconstitution of the ozone layer it will take some time however to restore the ozone layer to its original thickness because cfc's last for a very long time in the atmosphere before breaking down this is a good example of grassroots campaign in europe the united states and elsewhere on the planet can affect the future of the polar regions let's talk about this same topic in the arctic although there's a proper intergovernmental structure that promotes the protection of the arctic the arctic council 6 there is no overarching treaty protecting the region the arctic's legal status is governed by the united nations convention on the law of the sea the eight countries having territory in the arctic which are countries countries are canada norway the united states russia finland sweden denmark and iceland each have sovereignty over their territorial waters from the coast to the edge and the continental shelf and can explore resources within their exclusive economic zone which extends for 200 nautical miles from the coast beyond that the high seas enjoy international status until recently there have been a uh, few claims more on the desert of ice that is the arctic the geopolitical context has changed radically in recent year because the melting ice promises unprecedented access to new mining and oil prospecting resources if a country is able to demonstrate that the geological feature below the ocean seated is a national extension of the continental shelf of its own territory it can like a claim to mine or drill it this is why various nations have been conducting geological surveys in the arctic since 2007 let us talk about the same topic in the antarctic unlike the arctic the antarctic is protected by a treaty the antarctic treaty system which includes the antarctic treaty ratified in 1961 and the madrid protocol signed by 32 countries in 1991 which creates a framework that puts the antarctic outside the control of any particular state the treaty system defines antarctica as a national reserve dedicated to peace and science and forbids any mining military activity or the storage of any type of waste including nuclear waste until 2041 so this bring us to the very last topic which is key issues point number 1 regions with a polar climate represent a substantial 20% of the earth's surface and the extensive highly reflective areas of ice and snow contribute substantially to restraining the earth's temperature regime point number 2 the arctic has extensive stores of organic carbon in perma for in, in permafrost soils and it is feasible that increased emissions of greenhouse gases co2 and methane from thawing permafrost could lead to the positive climate feedbacks and increased warming on a global scale similarly the methane hydrates and organic carbon present in the arctic coastal marine environment could contribute substantial amounts of greenhouse gases if the ocean warms sufficiently to release subsurface methane point number 3 In contrast the southern ocean has been 
a significant carbon sink drawing down very large amounts of carbon dioxide each year and increasing open water conditions of the arctic ocean could also contribute to the sequestration of carbon however warming seas and increased wind activity are reducing the carbon sink potential of both polar ocean of both polar oceans the increasing amounts of carbon dioxide dissolved in these waters are also leading to ocean acidification threatening the viability of important marine plankton and thus the entire food chain as well as further reducing the ocean ability to absorb carbon dioxide in coming decades point number 4 polar climate involves an inter interaction of atmosphere ocean sea ice and land based ice and global warming is influencing the balance of these components the loss of summer ice which is currently observed in the arctic and sudden and certain areas of the antarctic will likely change the moisture supply to ice sheets and glaciers and will impact on the calving rates of glacier that are now protected by sea ice for much of the year sea ice loss could also lead to increases in wind driven transport and mixing of ocean waters point number 5 increased melting of glaciers and ice sheets is generating vast amounts of fresh water which contributes to global sea level rise and influence ocean currents and ocean mixing processes the vast antarctic ice sheet are retreating at a high rate significantly contributing to global sea level rise there is also concern that 500 km cube of fresh water that has accumulated in the canada basin of the arctic ocean over the past decade could move south into sub arctic sea and impact ocean currents responsible for the relatively mild weather condition experienced in western europe point number 6 cold air is normally trapped in the arctic in winter by strong polar vortex winds which circles the north pole from west to east this process has broken down in recent years with the weak vortex and north south winds increasing allowing cold arctic air to spill southwards into europe whilst bringing warm conditions to western north america however there is still too little data to establish if this represents a paradigm shift for the region reflecting the impact of increased areas of open water in summer or is part of the cycle that will eventually revert point number 7 there are links through high pressure systems over siberia that influence of the monsoon over the indian subcontinent and similarly interactions between the monsoon region and the antarctica mid latitude and tropical regions also contribute aerosol notably black carbon to the arctic which influence the re reflectivity of snow and ice surfaces while tropical uh, phenomena such as el nino interact with the areas of both polar regions the integration of all these processes within global scale climate model is still at an early stage and so there is an important role for region polar climate model point number 8 there is also vertical coupling between the various layer of the atmosphere that influence climate processes in the polar region these include both downward transfer of energizing particles and stratospheric ozone chemistry that can affect weather patterns at the earth surface and upward transport of chemical entities that influence the ozone layer Furthermore aerosols from the ocean and sea ice can influence cloud formation and interact with the aerosol from the ocean uh, and sea ice can influence cloud formation so aerosol aerosols and clouds have substantial impact on radiative forcing but are among us the least well representative components of current region model uh, which brings us to last point which is point number 9 the atmospheric process in the arctic and in antarctic are complex showing significant interannual variability and are also influenced by ocean sea ice and variable uh, and sorry and solar variability so there is much observational and modeling work required to gain the necessary understanding and to develop reliable predictive capability so listeners this was 
it for today's podcast of talking climate change with yashnegi i hope you like it and keep follow me on twitter for daily climate change news and any suggestions are welcome to the email id given in the description thank you so much for your time it really means a lot to me i know i told you in the starting that it will be very short but i think that we are way out of the time it is very raj so it was very important for me to discuss polar region before going into arctic part 2 so i hope you like this video thank you so much for your very well time it really means a lot to me and i will catch you guys in the next episode of talking climate change with yashnegi thank you